Welcome to the Harnessing Happiness podcast. Upbeat vibes generated and transferred to you. Now here's your host, Sarah J. Naylor. Hello and welcome to Harnessing Happiness with myself, Sarah J. Naylor. Thank you. As always, for stopping by and tuning into my podcast. It's great to have you as my listeners. And as you're beginning to become aware by now, I sponsor my own show. So if you want to know more about sort of coaching, podcasting, me as a writer, author, speaker, whatever, you can head over to sarahjnaylor.com. I have the fabulous Charlotte with me today. So I am going to hand over to her so she can introduce herself and then we can crack on with the show. So Charlotte, over to you. Please do introduce yourself to my awesome audience. Thank you ever so much, Sarah, for letting me come on here. We have been planning this for a while and I'm super excited to get going and talk talk about all things related to happiness. So my name is Charlotte Carter and I'm a global high performance coach and I work with multi-six, seven-figure business owners to help them navigate through any blocks that are holding them back and help them step into limitless success and really step into their brilliance. So that's what I do and I just love it. It's great, isn't it? I mean, coaching is such a powerful modality, isn't it? And helping people sort of with those mindset issues and breaking through and just sort of getting clear on where they're at. I mean, what was your route to it, Charlotte? I mean, because you've not always worked as a coach, but you've been sort of, would I say you've been in a wellbeing sector? You've been people-orientated haven't you can you sort of elaborate what where, where were you how did you get to where you are and what makes you want to do what you do <laughs> I worked for years in mental health so I've always been around people I worked for you know a long time in mental health working supporting people who had addictions from abusive backgrounds all that kind of quite intense stuff people who've got themselves stuck in the criminal justice system and helped support them to find a way out and then I switched that from mental health more to positive psychology and well-being and looking at what works for people looking at their strengths and stepping them into that space and I did that because I kind of had my own big aha moment where I was like actually I need to work out who the hell I am so that I can work out what kind of thing I want for my life and you know take it from there so that's kind of how I got to spin it round and step more into high performance. Ah cool because it really is isn't it it's all down to to mindset but with coaching and like you say positive psychology it's very much about looking at the positives and it's not I think there's a bit of a spin on people saying oh we can't all be positive at the moment but it's not about pretending things are all positive and rosy all the time but it's actually looking at and shifting that perspective and looking at things differently it's it's acknowledging that there could be some whole pile of <laughs> let's be frank poo going on you know and it but it's looking at it and saying well this disastrous situation what can we learn from that how can we look at it differently how can we experience it differently and that's where the positive psychology comes in where you kind of shift that mindset from working on and focusing on the problem to looking at the solution isn't it yeah and you want to always I always say to people every single emotion is valid So whether you feel like sad, guilty, shame, worry, anxiety, or whether you feel elation, excitement, curiosity and joy, every single emotion is valid. We just want to spend more time in the higher vibration emotions that make you feel good and navigate through when you don't feel so good how you can get use some tools to be able to you know get to those happiness and feeling good emotions quicker absolutely because you know we've all got that power within us haven't we but it's actually helping people understand i still have these moments from time to time you know it's been a bit challenging of late but you kind of go okay so how can i look at? i mean i've even had a situation for example today i won't go into the details of it but because something didn't happen 
or wasn't aware of something happening a couple of weeks ago, it's had a knock-on effect that's made me make the decisions that I made over the weekend to then go, oh, and that's re- and it's been really enlightening because because of what didn't happen two weeks ago, which could have happened two weeks ago, it's completely changed this, the context of what my world looks like today. And when you can start to notice those specifics, and it's just rolling with them, isn't it? Because actually I could have gone, rah, about what happened or didn't happen, but actually... When I look at it, I go, mm, actually, this has been, this is interesting. I think this has worked to my advantage rather than to my disadvantage. It's taking that step back, isn't it? Like you say, it's acknowledging it, but whilst you're validating the emotion, but take take a step back and breathe, you can look at it and go. Yeah, I think so, so many people put so many pressures on racing ahead. If I do this, this and this, then this will be the outcome. And quite often in life, it's never, the outcome is never what you thought it would be when you're in that state. So I talk with a lot of people, right, you've got to trust the flow. You've got to trust that you're in exactly the right place and you've got to roll with the waves of emotions and trust that it'll all be good because what you focus on grows. So the more good stuff you can bring in and focus on, you know, this isn't necessarily where I thought I would be, but here are my strengths and my struggles and this is where I am and this is the good stuff that's happened from it, like you say. No, exactly. I read a book a while back that was I'd heard recommended and he's got this guy, I can't remember what his name is now, but he's got a phrase going, it's good enough for now. So like, you know, wherever you are, it's good enough for now. And it's being appreciative of what you've got here and now. And you know, it's never about the destination. It's always about the journey. I had a conversation with some, I've had so many conversations just recently, <laughs> I don't know about you, but when you get into this world, you, you speak to people all the time and... Um, you know, what's the definition of success? That was it. It was first thing this morning. Good Lord. I've had that many conversations since. The definition of success is, it's not, yes, don't get me wrong, having having monetary gains and wealth and things like that, it, it enables you to do so much. It's within, isn't it? I mean, it's that satisfaction, uh, holding your happiness onto your next pair of Labutons, I can't even say it, Labutons or this, that, the other. The happiness comes from within. It's being happy. Those other bits can add and enhance what you've already got. I mean, I'm a bit of a magpie, for instance, for bits of silver jewellery and bits of artwork and things like that. But, you know, I'm, I'm happy without them, but they give me happiness. So it's nice when I can afford to buy them. Yeah, I think it's sort of your version of success. And one of the things I talk about is your version of a happiness and understanding that actually it changes as you change and grow. And I think so many people get lost in, well, this activity or this thing used to bring me so much happiness and now it doesn't. So what's wrong with me? Right, no, actually, you've changed and evolved. So your version of happiness and your levels of excitement and joy and, you know, satisfaction have changed. And also some people like new things. So doing the same thing is not going to still maintain their level of happiness. So it's always realising that as you change and grow, your versions of happiness or success change and grow. I mean, you evolve and that's really part of the journey, isn't it? That's what it's about. It's about evolving. It's about, like you were saying, about discovering who you were and having that aha moment. And yeah, for me, it's like leaving my ex-husband 17 years ago and going on this journey. And it's just been, a oh gosh, an ongoing process. And it still is. You know, I'm still discovering stuff about myself that I didn't know about myself like two and a half years ago. <laughs> you know, it's just like, it's just like... Whoa! Well, okay, yeah. Let's 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 go, let's run with that. That's exciting. I'm really enjoying this. Let's do that. Let's do the other. And other stuff falls by the wayside. And you know, I think you can say that with people who are in your your orbit as well, because the other people that you may have thought of being your friends, and then suddenly because you've evolved, they disappear, don't they? Because they don't really fit 
in your world anymore. And that's okay too. Yeah. And and I think the sort of permission piece there of letting yourself grow and change and flourish and understanding that with that comes some releasing of old relationships, but also making way for brand new relationships and more people that are going to come into your world that resonate with this new version of you. Absolutely. And that's that's the exciting thing, isn't it? I remember my mum saying once, she said, you know, there's almost like these, these circles of people coming into and out of your life. You might, you might have a friend that you've been really, really good friends with and then you see don't see anything from them or of them and have no contact for like 20 odd years or more. And then suddenly you, you, your paths cross again and suddenly you pick up where you left off. And it's just like... Oh, how did that just happen? But it's life. And it's just like you say, or you said early on, it's going with that flow, isn't it? And recognising when you're in flow and when you're out of flow and making the adjustments if you are out of flow to get back in flow. And I think one of the things, just touching on that, I just did trained in my uh, one of my programmes on relationships. And one of the things that I remember hearing a phrase, which is people come into your life for a season, a reason or a lifetime. So when you start thinking that and you start realising, especially if you're an entrepreneur and as you grow, you start realising, okay, these people came in, they taught me this. These people came in and they're I'm going to hang around with them. They're really inspirational and motivating and inspire me. And these people are who I want to step into next. So I'm going to hang out and watch them. So you start to see, I think it's a great way of starting to see how you grow and also how you can be that for other people. Absolutely. And the important thing with that as well is that you don't step back down. You can put your hand down to help people up. Once you've actually got to a level you can't drop down. I've had a, an interesting conversation myself just recently on on that sort of topic in, in relation to obviously apart from being a coach, I've got a recruitment business. I've got a handful of clients that I deal with on a regular basis, you know, global organisations down to SMEs and, you know, great companies. And I just wouldn't want to jump on the phone and start making telephone calls to people in HR <laughs> in the job 10 minutes. It doesn't fit. It doesn't sit. I, it's not right. And even the very thought of it, for the benefit of the viewers, we can see each other as we're recording. It's a bit like Zoom. I was like backing away from <laughs> my microphone just then going, oh, no. And it's body language speaks volumes, even if you don't, even if you don't say the words from your mouth. You've got to watch your body language. Oh, no, don't want be doing that and I think that's one of the things that people start noticing because uh, if you're looking at you know changing and growing and you'll start to like you know either hold your breath you'll start to either put your hands on your chest you'll start to notice things that you're doing when there's change coming up and how your body gives you signals way before your mind it's whether you're attuned to them absolutely and it is about tuning in and taking that time I've personally started to get into a much much better practice of doing daily meditations and journaling which is something that I'd not always done I've done it and I've you know I've done journaling and I've done but it's always been a bit haphazard I've always tuned in I've always trusted my instinct and what have you but to actually spend that time just distancing yourself from all the tech and everything else just going in just to going on and around you just to sit quietly to tune in, to get those messages, to make those decisions and trust that as well. It's so important, isn't it? Yeah, I think I think it's one of the things that I talk with people about in terms of, my, you know, my personal biggest goal is inner peace. So it's not about how big the business is. I love helping people. I'd love to help, you know, loads and loads of people. But for me to be able to do what I do, I've got to create inner peace every day because from that space, you can, you're limitless. No, absolutely. If you're disconnected inside or if you're antagonistic inside and you're, you know, wishing you were doing something or trying to be somebody that you're not, 
it's just very hard to build your own health and happiness and welfare in that space. I was going to say, don't you find, I mean, even though you have these tools, and this is, I just want this to sort of benefit the, the, the listeners, because, you know, from, from me, from a personal perspective, I've done so much over the years. And as a rule of thumb, I'm, I'm kind of like 95% okay all the time. But every so often, something will come along and knock me a bit sideways. And you go, hang on a minute whoa everything kind of gets a bit overwhelming and then you feel a bit sort of like crazy and then you sort of kind of dis- realize you've lost yourself although you felt that you were perfectly okay and it's had what how did that just happen but thankfully we have the tools and techniques to sort of override it and take and step back into that sort of everything will be as it's meant to be sort of and visualize and get into the quantum it's really quite surprising when suddenly it kind of comes out you left a center and knocks you sideways <laughs> Yes. And I think and I think if you're in the coaching space, it not it, it feels like it's a bigger knock because you're like, I thought I could see this coming. I thought I'd be able to be more on top of it. But it seems to sideswipe you even more. It's like not I, I talk about it knocking you off your feet. And I think it's having the tools and knowing when it does that and also being really humble in that everybody's life is like that. So it's not just because you've got the tools that you're suddenly going to have this like easy peasy life. It's just that you or all you have, and I think as you teach tools as well, what you have is you have your toolkit that you can pull out quicker than people who don't have the toolkit. That's all you have. But you still have all of the bumps in the road. You still have all the sides. You have everything that's going to throw at you. You just have a different way and probably a quicker way to approach it. Yeah, no, absolutely. Absolutely. And also, I think when you have got those tools, because I say I remember going on the coaching journey myself 10 years ago and I qualified, you know, you suddenly have this ability, but more things are being presented and you're going at this raft of stuff. All right, all right, enough, enough, enough. <laughs> That's enough. But the more you are presented with, the more resilience you grow and the more able you are to move forward. And I think more is then flung at you or whether you just notice it more, I don't know. I think it's both. I think there's, you, you, your energy expands so you're able to hold more and you're more resilient. So things come at you at a quicker pace, but also they don't affect you emotionally like they used to. So you're more uh, able to handle some of the stuff that maybe years ago it would knock you for longer. So, yeah, you get more of it, but you're more resilient. Yes. Yeah. Although sometimes it would be quite nice just to have an easy life. I don't know about you, Charlotte, but sometimes it would be just nice. I just said to said this afternoon, having had my carb slump mid-afternoon uh, to the day we're recording this, that, uh, oh, it'd be nice just to have a do, just go back underneath the duvet and have a bit of a snooze. I'm getting to that age. I think I am. <laughs> it's a while away yet but no you're absolutely right you know <laughs> sorry you could only do that briefly though because you would be like right what's next what's next what's next but <laughs> you've known me too well <laughs> it's, like, um, it's like I'm learning about myself I used to love 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 like the deadline dancer and I was like yeah I love it when there's a deadline and I've got to go all hell for leather and now I'm realizing that actually I quite like it when I'm ahead I actually don't need to have that deadline dancer approach anymore that I thought was part of me I've been able to reframe it and go actually you you do really like it when you're ahead and you can just chill out a bit more I mean I think the thing is I mean I learned as I say when I left my ex-husband all those years ago and my mum had said to me sort of halfway into that relationship oh you like a challenge you do and I kind of hung on to that and it's like, oh well, therefore a relationship is supposed to be a challenge then I realized that I could have my challenge at work but then I've also realized work doesn't need to be challenging either you know you can have it it can be interesting you can learn new stuff it doesn't need to be difficult or 
hard it's how you then navigate that journey around it to make it interesting to make it you know I like variety I like to have a day that's different I mean today I've had everything from sort of coaching calls speaking to people about other people who might they might want to work with to sorting out interviews to sourcing candidates to recording podcasts I've got a catch-up call with somebody potentially doing some collaborative work later I mean you couldn't get a wider spread of work in your day oh and sorting out invoicing problems with a client that's had two invoices off me I'd only recognized one needed to use credit notes was trying to use the credit notes and it's a new invoice and going what <laughs> no <laughs> it's like God. And the can- and this is coming back to the recruitment business. The candidate started two weeks ago. Nobody told me. She'd contacted the business directly. You go, yeah, it's all in the day's work. <laughs> it's all in the day's yeah, work. Yeah, I think, I, I think in high performance, there's a lot of people that come across that. And I was very much like that, that phrase of I love a challenge. And what I've reframed it to now is I love variety. Because what I liked in the challenge was it was like it was I like the newness of stuff. I like the variety of stuff. I like being the trailblazer, doing something, you know, that nobody's done before. I like all that. That's the challenge bit. But it's, the, it's. I think the word challenge makes you think it's going to be really hard and a struggle. Whereas when you reframe it and just go, oh, I love variety and I like new things, it's just more accepting and you can just step into them with ease a bit more. It's really interesting you use the word reframe, actually, because I, um, rec- I did a, a masterclass last week. It was all about the reframe because it is such a game changer when you understand the power of reframing and how that impacts you when you use the words in your you know in your mind in the words that you speak how you write how you behave just like you've demonstrated there with the word challenge because challenge was a new word that businesses brought out about 20 years ago to cover up the word problem <laughs> We don't have problems, we have challenges. Oh, okay then. But as you're right, so yeah, I think a lot of people have adopted that. Oh yeah, I like a challenge. No, actually, you're right. I like variety. What does that word challenge mean? And actually, when you start to strip things back, so what does variety mean to you? So what does, and you can then take it down. Variety means doing things differently. Well, what what things do you like doing differently? Well, I like doing this, I like doing that. Well, what's fresh about it? And you can start to strip it right down, can't you, to the nitty gritty. I mean, for instance, my podcast, what I love about this is, is, you know, you're talking to people like yourself, talking to so many different interesting people. And it's just, it's it's an honour. I feel, you know, honoured that, you know, you've had the time to take, to speak to me. And in me then having it produced, we then can spread that happiness globally because it's now been downloaded, I don't know, nearly 33, no, 33, oh, somewhere around the 33,000 times in over 129 countries. And just knowing that you've had that impact and it's like that pebble in the pond that ripples out. And you just don't know where that word, those words that we've spoken are going to ripple out to and who it's going to connect with and how it's going to change that person's life for the better, all being well. Exactly. And I think so, so much about emotional literacy is the words that you use that, and what you say to yourself, but also the fact that you don't know about that ripple, but people might hear the same thing. We might be talking about something that somebody's already heard 20 or 30 times, but actually it lands today because either their words or the emotion that we say around it or the passion that we use, the place that they're in on their journey, and they're like, actually, today I can really hear it. The other times I've listened, but I haven't actually, it hasn't landed. So I think always be mindful when you start listening to things from, from different people that you may think that you've heard it all before, you, but you will always learn something new because of the place that you're in. Absolutely. It's like revisiting something as well. You, when people are listening to this and maybe listening to it again, you'll hear something different because you're tuning in because it depends on what you're 
setting your intention to listen for. It's like the whole law of attraction, isn't it? You know, it's what the RAS recognises at the end of the day. It's that sort of reticular activating system and you've, you've programmed your mind with actually... Right, I won't think of pink cars. No, all I can do is think of pink cars. <laughs> you know? But you start to hear because you've set that intention and, and you can tune everything else out because the brain has to do that. It has to delete and distort. It has to sort of process and retain certain information because it can. the conscious mind can only deal with, I think it's about seven bits of information, isn't it? Minus two plus two around that amount in any one moment. Whilst the subconscious is busy processing thousands of bits of information. It's fascinating. That's, that's the beauty of learning all of this stuff, isn't it? <laughs> And when you start learning about the mind and you're like, you know, 80,000 thoughts a day, you're like, really? And then you start, when you start doing stuff about yourself, you're like, well, I just think I have the same thoughts on repeat. And it's it's interesting. So many people have the same thoughts once they start doing some of this thought analysis. And I actually, I still keep saying these same things to myself or to others or things that I'm not good enough at or whatever. And actually, you can start to reframe those thoughts for so quickly that actually you can start to really reprogram your mind. And it's about that consistent approach as well, because I I know over the years when when I started started to learn all of this, like I say 10, 11 years ago, that practice that you put in, it becomes so automatic. I mean, if I'm starting to write things, you know, because the subconscious obviously doesn't recognise the negative, so it's always important to make sure you're aware of what you're saying. And equally so, because I'm so programmed to the positive, well, as soon as I start to find, oh, well, you don't want to, no, I can't write, don't want to do. It needs to be what you want to do or what you are doing. And then it's working with the tense and bringing things into the presence rather than future pacing them. And <laughs> depending on what scenario you're in, because you want to bring it in. It's like, I am successful. Look at what you've got. Look at this. Look at that. You know, whatever whatever um, challenge, I'm going to use the word challenges that I might be facing right now. You know, it is all working out for whatever reason, how it will look next year. I don't know, you know, but it will, it will look like something. I think there's so much in what you've just said. There's so much in trusting yourself and trusting that you are where you're meant to be as even when, and I've been in those places when it feels like you're you really don't think that whatever decision has been made around you is going to be the right one. I can remember, you know, when I was years and years ago, you'd go for a job that you thought was going to be the job. It was going to be the best one. Then you were gutted when you didn't get it, but that was the best job. It was going to be brilliant. And then before you know it, you're in another job that was that was the right one for you. But at the time, the emotional piece about not getting it is like the world's ended. But then you soon learn when the next one comes in that you're like, actually, no, that all happened. And I think sometimes it's reframing that so hard in the moment. Hindsight's a wonderful thing, isn't it? But in the moment, sometimes it's very tough to go, is this really working out? Because it feels pretty tough. No, absolutely. And actually, that's a great analogy you've used there because obviously my background is like 35 years working within the recruitment sector. And it's something that, you know, I've come across time and time again. And, you know, you work with people on their journey. I mean, I've literally I've worked with thousands of people. In fact, I've placed thousands of people in jobs and helped them careers and professionally. God, just the volume of people. It's a bit scary. When I start to think about CVs, I, think I, could, paper, I could probably paper here to the New Zealand and back. <laughs> but people get to oh my gosh you've been made redundant or you've not got the job or like you've just said there's all of these situations around career moves you might never know why that role didn't happen you yes you might have been the right person on paper but things happen for so many different reasons and you know when people sort of batter on oh I need to have all this feedback 
just let it go. Yeah, there might be a bit of positive feedback that you can take from it. But it could be that the company's pulled the job internally. Somebody who'd handed the notice in isn't going to go ahead. They're not going to give you all that information. Or quite simply, you weren't supposed to go to that company. There's another, like you've just said, Charlotte, you know, there's another route that you were supposed to be going down about the people that you need to meet, the, the lives you're supposed to touch, the, the people that need to come into your life. And you've got to go in that direction, not the direction that you've decided that's right for you. Because whatever you think, that doesn't necessarily mean that's the right way. I mean, I've over the years sort of kind of tried to get away from my recruitment business, but it's kind of like hung on to me. And over the years, I've gone, all right, hands up. You can stay with me. It's OK. <laughs> but I've learned so much as a result of running, a, you know, a, a that registered limited company and all that, that that's involved and the challenges that COVID have brought with it and all of that sort of stuff. It's all about the learning. It's always about the learning. Always, always about, about the, the learning. learning. That's what we're forever students in life. So it's always. And I think once you accept that, I talk with a lot of people about this, when you accept that we're all learning, it's not that you're going to suddenly nail this thing and then you'll be fine. Once you accept that we're all on a path and we're all on a journey of learning, I think you're e- people are easier on themselves. The perfectionists can ease a little and the high expectations can ease a little because you're just like, well, this is what I'm learning. This is where I am now. And I won't carry that forward because I've learned this lesson and I'll go into the next whatever space I'm going into next with different perspective. Yeah. Do you know what? You've just tapped onto something there that's just jogged a memory of mine because when I left my ex-husband, like I've already referred to, I realised I had a second stab at life in this lifetime. And I just thought, you know, that was one life and my life looks nothing like that at all in any way, shape or size. But it was that, that recognition. I've got the chance to have another stab at life in this lifetime and I've gone all guns all out to to recreate and and fast forward and fast track because I never evolved my career never evolved for 20 years and I wasn't 30 I was 39 before I left him and then by the time I sort of set up self-employed I think it was 43 44 something like that you know and it's it's you can you can kickstart your your life your career at any time you know when you get to that point of knowing that you need to do something it's about doing it because only you can bring about the change. You can put out those sort of intentions, but you've then got to recognise the opportunities as they are and they have been presented and act upon them, haven't you? Yeah, and I think one of the biggest things is that you can change your life in a moment because you can change it with a thought. But then, And you can change your life so it will be wildly different than anything that you ever thought possible. And I think when you when you let yourself go into that space in your imagination and visualisation and then just bring it in by taking the action, it just... It will blow your mind, but you've got to be able to be kind to yourself and appreciate that you can bring about the good and the not so good. So you've got to always reframe and get yourself into the the place of what you really desire and you can just bring it in. Yeah. And as I'm saying, as we've just said, it's not, it isn't without its challenges because I, I have to put my hands up that I have had the last two or three months have been, well, very much the last couple of months have been very, very challenging. But those challenges, with those challenges, they've brought about decisions that will impact what my life looks like next year and hopefully we'll be living by the coast as well yay can't wait (laughs) and I think that's the thing isn't it you always get the differences and the things that sideswipe you but there's always good in them but sometimes like like you just said there's lots of challenges but you'd be living by the coast I think it's looking at what are the good things that you get from it and sometimes they're so hard to see aren't they I really I know that they're so hard to see when you're in the thick of it it's like really 
Yeah, and sometimes it's just a case of sort of letting go and just, as I say, literally for me last week, just surrendering and just go. I mean, and we we know someone that doesn't go the, do the woo-woo, but it is a bit, I mean, it's, I don't know. It's, I like, to, you know, I just think we're spirit having a human experience, you know, and there's lots of different ways of accessing. There's so much science, there's science about the quantum, but actually when you let go, because time isn't linear, time exists all around us and it's actually stepping into that version of yourself that you actually want to be. And I'm sort of calling in for instance you know I had a chat with a couple of coaches on Friday and they said well Sarah you're a broadcaster I thought do you know what that's the first I thought, yeah that's me yeah that's what I love doing I love doing this I love being on the tv love being on the radio love broadcasting love coaching and this is what I started to talk about you, you always know don't you? you your tonalities drops your body language changes when you start to talk about stuff that you don't really enjoy and your energy levels drop and so it's like letting go of that and I think all the things that are happening have pushed me into the position where that is moving that forward but you know when you've been doing the same kind of thing for so many years you know I think when we're younger I don't know I maybe I'm making a sweeping statement but I, invariably when we're younger we haven't got into those patterns of adulthood being adults and having families and raising families and doing what you do and getting into sort of a a set routine because you need a routine you can't have every single day sort of flying by the seat of your pants you just have to have something but suddenly before you know it 20 years have gone past you go oh shoot (laughs) need to act and bring things about but Actually, when you start to do that, those shifts, they just take a bit more energy and effort and resilience to to make them, I think, sometimes, because just because you've got so ensconced into life as it is. But it's not that we've just said you can change it. Yeah, and I think you can change your habits. You know, really just life's a series of habits, a series of mini routines. So and you have the power to change your habits in any moment, but it's hard. You know, your habits have been ingrained. They're in your subconscious. You've got to be able to step in and you've got to anchor them in and keep doing them. And that's a journey in itself. But when you think about metaphysics and calling things in, when you set powerful intentions and you really step into them and very much, like you said earlier, surrender, but also make them non-negotiable, you can very, very powerfully collapse time and just bring in the stuff that you desire. But you've got to go all in on it. You can't dance around with it. No, you've just got to go, right, That that's it. That's me. I'm done. This is that. But that's that again. That comes back to setting intentions, doesn't it? It's 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 having that clarity and focus. Just trusting. But I, I have to underpin the just trusting with. You still need to take action. <laughs> it just, oh, I want to be an astronaut. I can see myself on the moon. What do you need to go it's lots of things isn't it it's like i say you've got to have mindset energy and action you've got to get your head in the game your energy is is a massive part of what you do like you just touched on if you're trying to force your energy and do something that you're not here to do it's not going to work then you've got to get off your backside and do the thing absolutely without without a shadow of a doubt i always like um do you know that you ever read life leverage by rob moore there's a quote that he has in his he, he uses it there's a, there's a there's a line in his book and he said the law of attraction without action is a distraction and i've always that's always resonated with me i'm and that's just exactly what you've said. You've just got to decide what it is you want to do. Get clear on it. As you said, it's non-negotiable. Surrender to it. Take action in the meantime. Get things moving in the direction that you want to take. So, yeah, it's exciting. So what what, what plans have you got for you? What, what you're doing then right now? I mean, we've talked sort of around so much fabulous stuff but where are you headed with all the things that you're doing right now so i have just qualified today you're the first person i'm telling as a personal trainer so i am oh wow um, oh, congratulations Woohoo! 
<laughs> yeah, so I'm super excited about that. So when I talk about taking action, so I've wanted to do that for possibly 30 years because it's something that I wanted to do before my degree, something, and then life, you know, changed. I was like, oh, maybe I won't do it. And then I started doing all my high-performance stuff, and then I was specialising in that. And then what happened is as my business evolved, lots of people were working with me and then going to work with the personal trainer, and I was like, hang on a minute. Mind and body are so intrinsically linked, I'm going to bring it back. Plus, it goes full circle in my life because – I'm all about the fitness and the exercise and doing what what your version of it is. So I've so I've just qualified in that and I'm bringing that into my programs now. So that's like super excited. Oh my gosh, does that mean your your clients have got to do star jumps when they come in then, Charlotte? <laughs> Like, yeah, they can do whatever they fancy. It's all about um, activating their high performance in a way that feels good for them, you know. If it's like dancing around the kitchen, if it's a full-on, I do um, obstacle course racing. Some people might want to do all sorts of things, but it's like I think it's the power of movement on the mind is phenomenal. So I think once you understand breath work and movement, it's just an, another. So I'm really excited about that. That's what I'm bringing in for 2023. So, yeah, it's all good. Excellent. Yeah, I mean, I, I, oh, well, she probably are aware i'm all for sort of exercise as well we were going to go trail running tonight but it's been raining all day and last monday night was bad enough with <laughs> trying to run across fields with that have been plowed in the mud and not with any more rain on top of them you end up with like two tons on each foot with additional mud i remember getting back off one trail run and my shoes were so i picked them up off i take them off thought, no wonder it's been wearing my legs down Good grief, they're absolutely so, so heavy, the pair of them. You know, you know how light trainers are at the best of times these days. But no, we're going to go on the turbo trainers tonight. So that, for anybody who's listening, is, is a bike racked up onto um, a, a, the, the front wheel's taken off and it's hooked onto something, a machine, so that you can pedal, but you're not obviously going anywhere. So you're putting the exercise in. And we've, we've decided we need to find out if we can hook it up to a, a dynamo somewhere so we can generate our own electricity when we're on the bikes. <laughs> Do you remember the rally shoppers? I had a rally shopper and had a dynamo lamp on the front, which wasn't very useful when you stopped at traffic lights because the light went out. But you know, what was that about? But you know what? It is about the exercise. And it's also about, and, I, and I'm guilty as charged because I work from home in a bungalow. You know, I don't move. And Gareth and I were discussing this the other day. That we really do need to get up and move. But you get stuck at your desk, if you're not careful, without moving. And movement on its own is as important, if not probably more important, than doing high, you know, lots of high-voltage exercise because people go, oh, you, you're really active. So, yeah, I'm active in peaks, but in terms of general movement, you know, living in a bungalow doesn't, you know, I've not even got stairs. <laughs> There's a big piece, if I say to people, if every 90 minutes your mind requires another shift, you go into a different space in your mind. So if you can just literally go and get a glass of water if you can just move yourself every 90 minutes you will notice quite a big difference because some people and I'm guilty of this until I started learning so much more about it I because I can get hyper focused I can sit for hours and hours and hours in the same place on my screen and it's not good for you it's not good for your health it's not good for your well-being it's not good for your posture it's not good for so many things but I think when you acknowledge that yourself if you are like that then just try to set I set a timer now to just say, okay, then I'm going to go and do something different, just only for a few minutes, but it starts getting you, your blood going a bit more, you know, and all sorts of things. It is, and it, it gives you that break from work as well, doesn't it? I mean, even yeah, though you... Yeah, it does, yeah, and a break from the screen and all sorts of things. Yeah, I mean, I have to say, I mean, I'm not... Although I can get 
ensconced in just like you've described I'd much rather be outdoors if I'm honest most of the time apart from when it's cold and miserable and I want to go back underneath my duvet but that never happens like you said because then I suddenly think well I could be doing this I could be doing <laughs> too many jobs on but it's yeah Yes, it's it's about breaking it up, but it's it's disciplining yourself, isn't it? And setting that intention and going, right, I am going to do this. You can't break patterns. You have to put in and pro- reprogram your brain with new patterns. So the, the neuro-linguistic pathways, the, the synapses will all connect together. So it becomes conscious. You say so you become unconsciously competent again. So look, I think in the four stages of competency. I always have to have to work away, work away along to which one I'm at, which one I'm at. You want to create a craving for feeling good for the habit. So something like, you saying you know going outside when it's a bit miserable the craving is you know you're going to feel good afterwards so that's what when you're doing new things you want to always focus on that because you're not going to want to go out you can look outside it's freezing you're not going to want to do it you've always got to look at what is it that you're going to feel like after you've done it and that will help you get there yeah that's that's absolutely in fact talking of that i i did a podcast talking about that mindset in terms of sort of endurance i recorded a podcast last week that will be out i think just before this one which which is with a lady called nikki love and she held a record for 65 marathons in 65 days or something like that and she's now planning to run across australia she's going next year to yeah she's endurance and she just she has to do all this training every day but the running that she's doing she's breaking it up but it's she's just an endurance athlete (laughs) I said, I think I ought to put an intention in to try and get half a marathon done next year. <laughs> Basically, it goes back, right back full circle to your version, doesn't it? Her version of endurance is that level, isn't it? Somebody else's could be, I want to do 20 minutes exercise three times a week. That's my endurance. It's just finding your flow, isn't it? Yeah, well, we're all different, aren't we? And that's what's the beauty of the world is that we're all individuals. We're all different. We all experience it in different ways. And we can, you know, both all be in the same room at the same time doing the same thing, but we'll all experience it in a completely different way based on an internal drivers and what experience we've had to date and what fires us up and what doesn't. So I just wish people would learn to accept each other more often than want to fight each other thank you so so much it's been absolutely brilliant so how do people get in touch with you thanks so much for having me on i've loved it and it has flown and you and i met and we're gonna stay great friends we could talk for hours so the best way to get in touch with me is usually on instagram so i'm just charlotte underscore high performance coach send me a message on there or look at what i'm doing on there that's probably the best way to see what i'm up to yeah she's usually doing something crazy as well sports wise so you'll know it's charlotte (laughs) oh it's been brilliant thank you all for listening i hope you've enjoyed this episode please do rate review follow subscribe let's get more and more happiness and wisdom spreading across the globe and if you'd like to get in touch with me as i said at the beginning it's sarahjnaylor.com and i'm on all the usual social media platforms and we will see you again take care Thanks for listening to the Harnessing Happiness podcast with Sarah J. Naylor. If you took value from the content, please follow the show on your podcast app. And to find out more about Sarah's ape mindset, visit sarahjnaylor.com. That's sarahjnaylor.com.